One of the sayings that I love about this holiday, I'm not a big holiday guy. That's just not me. One, one saying I love that I hear around this time is, it said, Jesus is the reason for the what? The season. And I would say amen. I say amen. He is. But then I will even encourage people even further to think about this. Especially if you've been a Christian long enough and been through enough stuff to know that Jesus is the reason for every season. Good or bad, he is the reason, meaning he is the focal point of our celebration daily. Nothing else is. He is the focal point of our satisfaction daily, and nothing else is. That should be a daily, everyday affirmation that, yes, Jesus is the reason for every season that I'm in. Because why? Because he came near. He came near. And he's willing to give me peace. That surpasses all understanding. There are people in Kentucky and in Illinois and Arkansas and Tennessee that have been hit with that tornado. And they're looking for a peace that surpasses all understanding. So I feel like God is saying if the people of God would show up to these people and say, I know somebody who can give you a peace in the midst of your loss, in the midst of your pain. They said about 70 plus people probably died from this tornado. There are people looking for a reason to have peace in the season that they're in. And that reason is Jesus. Amen. That reason is Jesus. So as we dive into Luke chapter 1 and continue on with this series, with this story, we're going to look at different seasons in the lives of three people in one community. We're going to peer into the season of, of Mary to the season of Elizabeth and to the season of Zechariah. And then we're going to look into the season of a community that was around them. So I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to dive into it. I'm going to hit it real quick, and then we're going to come out because what I want to do after this. The beauty about praise, the beauty about praise, the beauty about rejoicing, the beauty about proclaiming the goodness of the Lord is that encourages other people. Testimonies are important to your life and to the lives of those around you. Amen. So after this sermon, like after this sermon, I want to take some time out. There'll be a mic on the side is there already. And as the band come up and play, I just want to spend a time of prayer and a time of testimony. How many of y'all grew up with like testimony services? I did. Amen. It was long, but amen. I enjoyed it. Amen. But I want to give a time for us, for anybody that want to just share their testimony of the goodness of God, whether it was in a bad season or an easy season. So that those around us may be encouraged, especially as we've been pressing through and praying through and grieving through this season here at Blueprint. Let's pray. Father, you're worthy. We said it. Give us the faith by your spirit to believe it. So we may be able to rejoice in all seasons because there is a reason to praise. We have a reason to praise. May that stick in everybody's heart and mind this morning. In your son's name, Yeshua, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Could y'all just give God a head clap praise for just a time of worship. The time of worship we had together, amen. It's good sometimes just to sit instead of just 
coming to service, like, okay, I know we got an hour and a half, for the, and now let me get that and let me get out. But to sit with the Lord and take in every song can be a blessing to you, amen? As we look at Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 80, and I know that sounds like a lot, 39 through 80, but I promise you we're going to go through it fast because I'm not trying to go deep. I feel like in this season that we're in, I feel it's good just to remind y'all of just, man, how important it is that we praise in this season. So I just want to look at these lives that we see in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 80. And I got five reasons, and this is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about five reasons why we should be praised, and five reasons we have to praise. Amen? I'm going to look at Elizabeth's praise. I'm going to look at Mary's praise. I'm going to look at the community around them, their praise, and we're going to look at, and we're going to end with Zachariah's praise. So if you wasn't here last week or the last couple of weeks, we're in the story of Jesus. It's, it's a story about Jesus, and we already talked about how the Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, came to Mary. She's a virgin. He said, hey, you're going to have a child. She said, how can I have a child? I never had any sexual relations with a man. Like, I'm a virgin. He said, yes, but you will be, man, you were conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she received what the angel of the Lord gave her by faith. She said, man, I've received favor from my Lord. Hallelujah. She said, I receive your word with faith. So she received it. And this is where we are right now. After she has, Mary has received the word from the angel of the Lord. And it starts with this in 39. It says, in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the, in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. So, of course, just like anybody, if you was a virgin, and then the, and, the, and the Lord God told you by way of his spirit that you're about to be, you know, you're going to be pregnant, you're going to be once like, okay, this is blowing my mind right now. This is blowing my mind right now. This is going to look weird. I don't know how I'm going to explain this to my husband. But oh well. So think about this miraculous thing taking place in your life. Wouldn't you be excited or be, be hasting or hurrying or be pretty much excited to run and tell your friend? Right now we can get on the phone and text. Yo, guess what, man? The Holy Spirit going to you know, impregnate me. Hallelujah. Get the shower together. You know, they didn't have that. They didn't have that. They actually have to travel. <laughs> You have to travel. So here she is. She's like, cool, this is, this is crazy, but I'm excited. Boom, boom. So she dashes out to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And it says she entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby inside of Elizabeth leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the baby inside of Elizabeth is John the Baptist. Now, these are Israelites, so they already know about the prophecy of the coming Messiah. They already heard about it. They've been anticipating. They've been waiting on it. And they also heard about someone that would be the forerunner. And here you are sitting with Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother. And then when Mary steps into the room, she greets him. Hey, how y'all doing? The baby inside of Elizabeth, the forerunner, John the Baptist, he jumps with joy. And then, then Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit. And we see here already that John the Baptist is starting his ministry as a forerunner from the womb. Because he just confirmed in his mother, boom, boom, with excitement, like, that's him. And it wasn't because of Mary's voice. She didn't have a dope tone that made him leap. She didn't say it a certain way. It was because the baby felt the presence of God in Mary. 
And he said, it begins. Hallelujah. That's her mama. He didn't say it, but that's what this Libra communicated to her. And I want to pause and look at that. Because every time we think about praise and worship, especially praise, we always look at it as being something real subtle sometimes. Like, it's just, it's just this, it's just this, it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of this. It's just real subtle, real cool, real quiet. But when you look in this text, every reaction is going to be boisterous. It's going to be big. The baby leaped. The baby didn't just say, that, that's it, mama. He didn't do none of that. He just didn't move a little bit. But then y'all pregnant mamas know how it is when that baby is leaping. You're like, whoa, chill out. You're all over my bladder. Chill out. The baby leaped. And you see it here. You see our ancestors doing the same thing. God shows up. They can't hold it in. And they rejoice. He said, how can this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed, O Baruch, is she who has believed that the Lord Yahweh would fulfill what she has spoken to her. So the first praise we see here is Elizabeth praise. And what do we learn about Yahweh? That he is faithful. She's, a, she's excited because she heard about the coming Lord. And he shows up. But not only does he show up on earth, he comes to a home personally. And also, her and her husband, Zachariah, have been praying for a child. She was beyond her childbearing years, but they wanted children. And God showed up faithfully. He promised them he was going to give them a child, and there that child was. He promised he was going to come, and there he was, there in her home, in her cousin. And she comes to know, God, you are faithful. And she begins to bless him and rejoice about it. The question I have for you is this. Has there been a time in your life when you experienced some barrenness? It don't have to be that you was praying for a child. Maybe it could have been that. You were praying for a child and then God showed up and supplied you with a child. I know a couple in our own congregation that experienced that. Or what about some barrenness that was in your life as a believer? And you kept trying to read it like, I can't produce the fruit that God wants me to produce. I don't know what's going on. I, man, I keep struggling. I keep struggling. It just seemed like I can't, I can't make it happen. And you deal with a barrenness in your life as a believer trying to follow Jesus. What about if there was a barrenness in your relationship? Mary in your marriage. And you felt that like that marriage was over and it was dead. Or that relationship with that friend and that brother was dead. Or you're in a situation like we at right now, blueprint, and we're wondering how much more we survive, how many more people would be detected, like what's going on? But then we see in little pockets of God showing up and saying, not only am I here, but I'm in your life. Yahweh is faithful. We have a reason to praise the second praise I want to look at is Mary's praise. Of course, we know that Mary was young. She just got engaged. So we look at first the, the season of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was in the season where she had barrenness. She'd been praying and asking the Lord for a child. So she was in a storm. But then we look at Mary. Everything was good for Mary. Mary just got engaged. Her husband's going to prepare a house for her. She's like, yo, this is, this is where it's at. It's going to be dope. And then she get this. Amen. But she's really pretty much in a good season. And this is what happens with her and her praise. She acknowledges God's favor and she says this. And this is what they call the, uh, the Magnificat. 
Well, Mary, the song that Mary's about to uh, sing that we're about to read is called the Magnificat. It says this. She says, and Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will be blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me. And his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent rich ones away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months, and she returned home. Mary is the blessing the Lord. Baruch means blessing. She's blessing the Lord because she's found favor in the eyesight of the Lord. She said, I'm just a servant. I'm just a young servant girl. Like, who do I deserve for God to look upon me? Though in her lineage, there's, there's a kingship lineage and there's a priesthood lineage because her mom was, from the, uh, was a descendant of the tribe of Levi and then her father was part of the tribe of Judah. So she had the lineage, but yet still she's like, but I'm just a servant. Why is God showing favor on me? How many of y'all have been in a situation where you found favor on your job or in a circumstance? You said, why God? Why me? And then you find out that God is a gracious God. Meaning that he gives things that even that we don't deserve. He gives it because he loves us. He does what he does because he loves us like we sung about. She also looked at the fact that he's done mighty, mighty great things for me. She said, Yahweh is gracious for I'm a servant girl and he's done mighty great things for me. Imagine, you're a servant girl, just a nobody. You feel like I'm, a, I'm just a nobody. I'm getting get, I'm just a nobody. And God decides to, to man, to con- give you, to impregnate you with the holy, mighty one of God. He chooses you and shows favor on you to put the Messiah in you. And not only did she have to just birth the Messiah, she had to steward the Messiah because she was his mother. So now, and our brother talked about Mary, did you know, last week now, she has to sit there and nurture Jesus, Yahshua, the one who says Yahweh is salvation. Now she has to rock to sleep, Yahshua HaMashiach. Now she has to watch him while he play outside, which you probably worry, he probably heal him if he hurt himself. But amen. She has to watch the baby, right? I wish they gave more detail what Jesus did. I'm sure he did some miraculous, amazing stuff. We already knew he's an obedient child, you know. But I would love to see the other thing. But she's sitting here like, man, like, who am I for you to show favor to me? And she comes to know God is gracious. Yahweh is gracious. Where in your life have you seen God being gracious to you? He's gracious to us right now. We don't deserve to continue to breathe his breath when we know every day. We don't even think about him every single day. He's gracious to us when we come and we halfway praise him and worship him. He's still gracious and merciful. He's gracious to the murderer. He's gracious to all those who fall short of his glory. He's a gracious God because he has unconditional love. We have a reason to praise. As we continue on, we look at the community that was around Elizabeth. It says in Verse 57, it said, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she had a son. 
John, then her neighbors and relatives, heard that the Lord has shown her mercy, great mercy, and they rejoiced with her. Now, this community was just onlookers. They were witnessing, they were witnessing the miraculous move of God in Elizabeth's life. And they found themselves rejoicing with her. You may be an onlooker in somebody's life. God might be like, no, I don't want to bless you right now. I want to bless the person next to you because I want that to encourage you. They were just onlookers. But yet they were blessed by the move of God in Elizabeth's life. And they began to rejoice with her. And they began to say, man, this God is merciful. Another question, who are you rejoicing with? When you see your brother or your sister get blessed by the Lord or receive favor from the Lord, are you rejoicing with them? Or are you back questioning, well, where's mine, God? When are you going to bless me? I've been at this job long enough. When are you going to give me a promotion? When you're missing an opportunity to be encouraged. You're missing an opportunity to praise God. Because we know our God is not a respecter person, so if you bless him or her, he'll bless you in due time if you wait. But this community began to see that Yahweh is merciful and they rejoice with her. We have a reason to praise. As we look at Zechariah's praise, now Zechariah, he's a priest, he's an Israelite priest from the sons of Aaron. From the tribe of Levi, just like Elizabeth is and just like um, Mary is. That's what, that's what brings uh, Elizabeth and Mary to be related is through uh, Mary's mother. The tribe of Levi, the sons of Aaron. Aaron is the brother to Moses, Moshe. Moses had a brother and a sister, which was Aaron and Miriam. They were all born in Goshen, which is a certain part of Africa. That's why I go crazy when I see this. This, this picture of Moses right there, that ain't, some of y'all thought that was like Morgan Freeman or, or, um, or Samuel Jackson or somebody. Now, that's supposed to be Moses, amen? <laughs> I'm silly, I'm stupid. Well, I thought that, that's why. Um, <laughs> but that's why I love the picture, because it gives us a different view of what we've been seeing all our lives and what these people look like. Just like we're getting a better view of what praise looks like. Because all these years, the enemy has been blinding us from seeing the true reality of what God has beautifully placed before us. But I can push on. But Zechariah was an Israelite priest. And he was waiting just like Elizabeth was for a child to be birthed to them or be given to them. And he was waiting also for the salvation of his people, the Israelites. And this is what it says in 59, it said, and when they came to circumcise the child, on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zechariah after his father, talking about John the Baptist. So at first they were going to name John the Baptist Zechariah, because you didn't think that you'd get named after your father. Like, I'm Lucius Rosser the fourth. I got a Lucius Rosser the fifth. Almost didn't have that. I had to wait till my wife was going through labor and kind of persuaded them when she was going through pain and said, hey, do you mind, do you mind, do you mind? Just say it, just say it. They want me to sign the paper. She said, okay, okay. Then she woke up, what's his name? It's Lucius. You said you wanted that. Amen. <laughs> so, amen. Um, 
So they say, hey, they was going to name him Zechariah, but he was like, no, 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 no. But his mother responded, no, he will be called John. And then they said to her, none of your relatives have this name. So they motioned to his father. That's disrespectful. <laughs> she responded, right? She's like, no, his name is John. It's like, okay. Hey, <laughs> Zechariah. That's so disrespectful. I know my wife be like, I said what it is. So they motioned to Zechariah, like, dude, dude, like, what is it? What is it, right? So they motioned to his father and found out what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, because by this time, remember, when, when, when uh, Yahweh gave the word to Zechariah through Gabriel about them receiving the son, Zechariah didn't believe it. So God muted his voice. Where in your life have your voice been muted? Because you don't obey the, 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 the voice of the Lord or the word of the Lord. Where in your life have you been muted, period? Because people didn't understand you. And you waited for the opportunity for you to have that voice once again so you can share what you feel like God has given you or so you can speak into situations that need to be spoken into. Imagine not being like, see, in that situation, that doesn't mean that somebody just told you they don't want to hear you, but here, God muted his voice. He couldn't speak if he wanted to. And sometimes, thank you, sometimes God uh, puts you in a position where your voice is muted for the sake of what he's trying to do. So don't always think like silence is a bad thing. Sometimes that's just what God wants so he can continue to do what he do because you'll mess it up if your voice was, I'll leave that for another time. But right here, his voice was muted, and he was waiting because he didn't believe his voice was muted. So he said, bring me a tablet. This is why he's trying to get a tablet. If he had a phone, he probably would type it out, but they only had tablets. He said, none of your relatives had his name. So they motioned to his father out like, man, what is his name? And then he pulled out a tablet, and he wrote, his name is John. And they were all amazed. And immediately after he'd done what God wanted him to do, his mouth was open. And his tongue set free. And he began to speak and praise God. He didn't get set free and begin to complain like, why God did you hold my voice so much? No, he didn't come out and complain like, why God did you mute my voice? This is not fair. He came out and said, praise God. Why? Because I'm set free. We keep seeing praise. Praise, praise, praise. Acknowledging of what God is doing in their life. And their response is praise. And fear came on all of those who lived around him, and all these things were being talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. So he's saying testimony went out, after testimony went out to the land. Look what God did. God did this. God has been gracious. God is merciful. He showed up in these people's life. God is faithful. God did this, this. Man, Zachariah, man, remember he was muted? Yeah, yeah, because you tried to talk to him the other day, and he was like, remember? He could talk now. God showed up. Like, they're just spreading out through the town what God is doing. Testimonies. And he said, all who heard about him took it to heart, saying, what then would this child become? For indeed the Lord's hand was with him. So their testimonies about the move of God went out through all out the city, and people began to take it to heart and believe what they heard. And they said, man, the Lord's hand is with him. That prophecy, Zechariah talked about that his son was going to be the forerunner of Yeshua. It's true, because I see the God, the hand of God, all in this. And they begin to share their testimonies, and people begin to take it to heart. 
Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. And we can't forget that part either. There's another person at work. We see Jesus here, but we see the Holy Spirit present as well. That's why the Bible said nobody can confess that Jesus Christ is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. He said nobody can by the Spirit deny that he is Lord. The Holy Spirit is doing the work. Gabriel gave a word, but the Holy Spirit was at work. Gabriel gave the word. The Holy Spirit took that word and impregnated Mary. Gabriel gave the word. The Holy Spirit stepped in and made it happen inside of, made, uh, made, made, uh, confirmed the calling of John as a forerunner to Jesus. And then you see here, after, after God looses his mouth, the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to prophesy. Sometimes if you don't know what to say concerning what God has done in your life, just yield to the Holy Spirit. He'll testify when you don't. He'll rejoice when you don't. Have any of y'all ever been in a time of prayer and worship and you just don't, you feel a welling up of the Spirit and it begins to cry out? The Bible talks about how much the, the Holy Spirit will, will pray on our behalf and go to the Lord on behalf and we don't even know what to pray. But we don't rely on him enough. He wants to do a work and we wonder why everything is so hard for us. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. And he said the Holy Spirit filled him and he prophesied this. Blessed, again, Baruch is the Lord, Yahweh. Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation. There you go. He has raised up Yahshua for us in the house of his servant David, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant with Abraham. We have been rescued from the hand of our enemies, um, enemies with serving without fear. Well, he will rescue us from the hand of an enemy, and we will come to a place where we're serving him without fear in holiness and righteousness in his presence of all the days which he prophesied in the old. And you, child, will be called the prophet, he's talking about John, of the Most High. So he began to prophesy to his son, you, son will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. I encourage every man of God and woman of God in this. And I'm saying this as a parent. I just told one of my brothers this week. You have to begin to speak over your children and proclaim to them that they are children of God. I would talk to my sons and my daughters and say, hey, how you doing, son? Hey, how you doing, daughters? And there's times more than that looking at us, how you doing, man of y'all? How you doing, woman of God? How you doing? How you feeling? Because I'm speaking into their lives. What I believe God called them to be. What God even gave us the reason, gave us children for. It's the disciple to be children of him. And we don't realize people are prophesying in their lives or speaking their lives on the TV, on the radio, in the music daily. Online daily. And they're not saying good stuff. In case y'all didn't know. I'm sure a lot of y'all know. They call them B-words. They call them H-O-E's. They call them men pimps and thugs. Every derogatory, vulgar word, they're showing examples and they're showing a model of this is who you should grow up to be and this is how you should dress. Son, this is how you should wear your pants, this is how you should do that. The enemy is ever through his schemes prophesying and speaking into our children, over our children, what they should be. But we must counter that with prayer and by speaking to our own children. No, you are a child of God. 
So he speaks unto his child, man, you are prophet of the Most High Yah, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because our God's merciful compassion, because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to give our feet to the way of peace. And the child grew up and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. We learn two things here, that Yahweh is a redeemer and Yahweh is salvation. We have a reason to praise. Yahweh is faithful. Yahweh is merciful. Yahweh is gracious. Yahweh is a redeemer and Yahweh is salvation. What more do you need in this life? What if Jesus didn't come? We're talking about Advent series. What if he didn't come? What if he didn't come and you still have victory over your circumstance all by yourself? What if he didn't come and you still endured that storm all by yourself? What if he didn't come and the doctor so happened to give you the right medicine and you were healed? Never have to worry about a life of depending on God, waiting on God. Everything went at the timing that you wanted. But he still never came. You know what your life will be? It will be a mirage that will soon fade away. And you will fade away with it eventually. But he came. And this is what we've seen in the lives of these people. They've been waiting for a prophecy. They've been waiting for him to come, and he came. And he showed up. And their reaction was, hallelujah. We've been waiting for you. They've been rejoicing because he showed up in their lives. The God of mercy, the God of, God of grace, redeeming salvation. So as I close out, like I said, I wasn't going to go deep. I would encourage you to go study. Because I did a lot of deep study and all this stuff. I was like, I can't pack it. I feel like God just wants us to see these people's response to the things that were taking place in their life in every season. A season when their voice wasn't being heard. A season of barrenness. A good season for some. A season where they were just onlookers. And fellowshipping and participating in somebody else's miracle or blessing. Any of those seasons they were in, they still find time to what? To rejoice. Because why? Because they acknowledge the name or the Hashem, the name of Jesus Christ or the name of Yahweh. They acknowledged it. And I'm not talking about the name, the title. That's why when you sing songs uh, about his name or talk about his name, remind yourself he's not talking about the title. He's talking about the person, the character of God. The Hashem, the character of him. And they saw him being faithful and merciful and gracious and being a redeemer and salvation. And Zechariah was like, yo, my, even the Israelites have been waiting on you and you came. What does this mean? I'm excited. They looked at Yahweh and they rejoiced. We have a reason to rejoice, saints. God has given us keys that open the door for us to receive peace and strength, and it's through praise. Look in Scripture. And I'm talking, talk, and again, not an ordinary praise. These are no ordinary praises. None of the people in the God of Scripture had an ordinary praise. Nobody. It was all, they even broke out in some dope bars, or they broke out in just, man, boisterousness, proclaiming like, no, God is good. 
He came. He's merciful. He's gracious. David danced out his clothes to his wife, got disappointed. Like, what's, look at this fool. And he's just down there like, Jesus hit, Jesus hit, Jesus hit, Jesus hit. He's just getting it in, right? Your praise and your prayer. Because we pray, we'll go quick to prayer. But we don't praise in the midst of our storm. Praise opens the door along with prayer for you to receive the comfort and the healing and the presence of God that you need in the midst of it all. Why do you think when you go to war, when they used to go to war, they would send the worshipers before? Because they would confuse the enemy. Like they're acting like they got victory. We ain't even fought yet. Remember David, little David said, they hide behind the rocks like, yo, do you see them big giant dogs? I ain't about to run out there. You about to run? I ain't going out there. Let's just, I'm just going. David woke up and was like, who's these uncircumcised Philistines? You kidding me? Give me, give me the slingshot, homie. Let me, let, me, let me get dude. And he trusted in the Lord. Why? Because his praise, his life of praise, his life of proclamation confused the enemy. Like, why is this person so bold? Like, they God, oh, he going to defeat me? Look at this puny man. And then when he did it, it did something to the people. Because the man of God had faith in the one who was in the war with him. We have to have faith in the one who is in our hardship with us. We have to have faith in the one who's in our pain and in our hurt. And in our discord and in our, in our confusion. We have to show the enemy because he's laughing. Oh, they sing that you're a great God. They sing that you're worthy of your praise. They sing that our God is great. They know the words and everything, yeah. But they don't act like it. That's what he was saying over Moses. Yeah, Moses would do, but he's, you told him to do that. He smote the rock. I did more study even on Abraham when Abraham uh, sent his son up to be sacrificed. Same thing happened there when you do study. That, that, that Satan came in and was like, yeah, 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 he, he won't sacrifice his promise. Same thing. Backbiting, talking about us. I'm telling you, they, they don't like you like that. Job, man, I'm telling you, he only doing that because you got a hedge around him. But God shows up, and then we hold our praises because we're waiting for the storm to be over. When he's saying, just praise me in the storm. I'll show up. Just praise me in the storm. I'll show up. And this is why I just felt like the Lord was like, man, to have a time of testimony because it is a season blueprint. It's a season. We've been, last three months has been crazy. Does that mean it's going to stop tomorrow? No. But what you going to do in the midst of it? Yes, grieve well. Yes. Don't dismiss your emotions, but don't dismiss the God who is able to not just give you uh, understanding that surpass, uh, a peace that surpasses all understanding, but he's able to do far, uh, far and beyond and above all that you can ask or think. And he's just waiting on you to ask him. He's waiting for you to pro- to praise. So we want to give a time as the worship team come up, not the worship team, but the band comes up. I want to give a time, we just want to give a time of prayer and time of testimony so we can be encouraged in this season and be reminded in this season that our God is with us as we listen to other people's testimonies. Testimonies are powerful. Church, we got to get back to where they did church in the scriptures. We're missing all these elements. Do you know how when I was an unbeliever sitting in the church 
And I see them old ladies and them young men and, and them old men give their testimony, how that affected me as an unbeliever. I was ready to get out. I was like, I'm going to be here for a little bit because if I don't come, my mama going to whoop my tail. She's going to be mad at me. I was a grown 20. She's going to be mad, but I'm going to be here. Hey, mama, I told you I'd show up at church. Love you. And I was just waiting to get out. But then when I hear those testimonies, it did something to me. It planted seeds. Thank you, God. Testimony plants seeds and water seeds that God can give an increase to in the future. Because when I was on the block later on in the trap house, those things would come to my mind. Those songs. That I still have joy, still have joy. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy. I still have joy. Ooh, I still have joy. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy. And those songs will come to my mind on the block. And I'm like, where did this come? And I'm hearing the old lady singing it too. But seeds of songs of testimonies begin to do something to me. It prepared me for God to step in and it did something to my heart. I promise you I'll be sitting there late night just like pistol in my back pocket and everything just like, dang. Nah, God don't want me to. God don't. Nah, I remember. I remember old boys. I remember that older man said, he was like me at some point. And God saved him. And look, yeah, God, you will. Nah, but he, he, don't, he don't want me. But I remember Sister So-and-so said it. He wanted her when she was in darkness. I don't think he wants me. No, but I remember when So-and-so said that maybe he does. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. And, it, and it kept bothering me to that one time, get ready to get a record deal. And y'all would hit me. It was like, Boom. And it made sense. Our testimonies I needed. That's why the Bible say they overcame the evil one. By what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. They, they overcame the enemy by the personal work of Christ. Amen. What he did through the cross, through his resurrection, he said, but the word of their testimony. Why? It wasn't because they bonded up his hands. It's just they couldn't be touched. His scheme didn't mean nothing to them anymore. When he tried to say, you ain't this, you ain't that, you can't do that, you can't do that, they're like, no, 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 I know y'all always say I'm X, Y, and Z. And they dismiss everything the enemy would try to bring on them. That's how they overcame. It's not about you getting the devil face and fighting them, saying, duh, duh, duh. it's about you just sitting under the grace of God. Through your praise and your testimony, knowing that God is with you. And the enemy start realizing, I can't do nothing to the fool. He trusts him with everything. Like I showed do, because he's worthy. So I'm going to pray, and then as the band plays, again, this, this mic is here for anybody that want to come up and just give the testimony of the goodness of God. I know it's not easy. We've never, I don't, I don't remember us ever, I've been here for 10 years. I don't remember us ever doing this before. Maybe. I don't remember. Nope. Ever said nope, and it's nope. Amen. <laughs> but I want to give opportunity for that. Let's pray. Father God, we have a reason to praise. May we praise you in every season, good or bad. Give those in this room the boldness to testify of your goodness. Not just today, but till they see you face to face. Have your way, Father. 
thank you for everything you've done. I pray that there's somebody in this room that don't know you. Father, please move on their heart. That they may see that you are merciful and you are gracious. That you love them, that you want them. That you, you see every ounce of situation at the end and you want to be with them in it. And that you want to do a new thing in their life. Father, I pray that they open their hearts and their minds to you right now and say, what must I do to know you and be saved? For you didn't just come so we could celebrate a holiday. The holiday exists because you came. So have your way, Father. Have your way. In Yeshua's name we pray, amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.